Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, I forgot it was Valentine's Day again, and I'm already in trouble. It's early yet. More trouble ahead. And the thing is, I remembered last night, I cooked my wife a nice dinner. Really nice, if I might say so. Myself in there, Mr. P. There it goes again. I, I think I have to go, Mr. P. You know, Pompiani, I heard, backed me up on Monday. I sent him a nice text, a congratulatory thank you. Why, Mr. what did Pomp- he do? Suppo- I was told that he backed me up on Monday, saying oh, that— I thought Mr. he got another award. Mr. P is either—he was supposedly, I think, hosting a banquet last night or some type of nice, nice function, but— Well, he's always hosting something. Uh, he well, the Mr. That, P ad from the Super Bowl. Yeah. That meant a lot. I mean, the name is out there in the public consciousness now. I almost feel obligated. I'm going to test both city limits yeah. and and Mr. P for our friend Austin Bechtold sitting right next to me, really. Although there's glass between us, which creates a little bit of separation. A little which bit is of a healthy, border. I think. Speaking of Pompeiani, you know what? Let's f- forget Valentine's Day. I'm already in uh, shrimp Cilantro shrimp was the uh, order of the day last night, the order of the night. She was very happy. I I felt like that was our Valentine's Day celebration, but somehow it didn't lead into today. Things could get ugly here. How do I how do I recover? Well, I think Valentine's Day is overrated, but So do I. I'll send her a nice text today and see what she wants to do tonight. Our uh, cards, flowers and chocolates oh, just so, overdone. She doesn't even want those and I'm sick of getting them. Do we feel obligated to get these things? What's the unique gift now? There is none. Exactly. There is none. Nobody wants that stuff. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want flowers or candy. It's it's a waste. And you already did dinner. The flowers die. The candy's not eaten. And I already did dinner. I'll do dinner again. I'll take her to dinner. Anything. We should be taking Paul Zeiss's love advice from earlier on today on the morning show. What did he have to say? Well, he basically was just saying how much of a delicate balance it has to be, and he was telling all kind of elaborate stories. Honestly, I don't even know what the takeaway was from Zeiss's stories. Well, that's often the case. Um, why don't we start with a six-pack here? It's Wednesday. Isn't that our tradition? Uh, oh, no. I wanted the Pompiani. You saw that there's a study going on in town, a $90 million study? No. 90000 90, <laughs> It was $90 million. It's 90 guaranteed million for the team. You can pay $90 million for a team. That's 90, the Pirates' 000. payroll. More if than that, the Pirates' payroll. Yeah, more than yes. the Pirates' payroll. To see if we should have a study, to see if we should have an NBA or WNBA team. And if it was, well, if it was either, but especially an NBA team, the Pittsburgh Pompeianis would be unbelievable. Pipers is already taken. Penguins, Steelers, Pirates taken. Condors used to be an ABA team. Uh, some horrible names like the Pittsburgh Explosion for a CBA team. The, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Power. Pittsburgh Power is taken. Team. Right. It's all been taken. The Pittsburgh Pompeianis. Bob would be the play-by-play guy, right? Yeah. Him and Benzie together, I think, could do that. And the name would be, it would be the greatest name in all of sports. What would they have as their logo? 
a mugshot of Bob, like the one they ran at the Brighton hot dog shop. It'd on be the just like the cop with Ron. Include Ron on the logo. It had to be a celebratory right? alternate. It would, <laughs> it would be so good. The Pittsburgh Pompeyanis. Everybody comes to the game dressed like Bob. The men wear suits and coif their hair up. Would that be tremendous, Mr. P? Imagine teams coming in and their opposing broadcasters trying to pronounce the Pompeyanis. They'd be like the Pompeyanis, Pompeyanis. They'd be intimidated every time. Let's crack a six-pack, shall we? I'll tell you where we open today. City limits. And it's a place I love to open up with. A place I love to open, I should say. It's Pitt Basketball. And what a win last night. I've said many times this is a better sports town when Pitt basketball is winning. It just is. It was a Tuesday night, a freezing cold Tuesday night. Normally, maybe you're lucky to get a Penguin game, but normally you got to go elsewhere, outside the city for your sports on a Tuesday night, right? Or, you know, whatever, a Thursday night in January. Pitt lit up this Thursday night with a gigantic win. Virginia doesn't lose at home. I think they lost 23 straight. They don't give up any points at home. Something like 57. Pitt puts 74 on them. And I was happy as a lark. Happy as a stark, you might say, watching that game. It's just we're better. It's more exciting. Do you remember when Pitt basketball? How old were you in Pitt basketball? When were you born? 2001. Oh, my God. You were three when Pitt basketball was at their height. They were the hottest ticket in town. You may find that hard to believe. Pitt basketball was the hottest ticket in town. It's just more fun, and this is a fun team. We're going to talk to Blake Henson later. It's off the top, I might add, brought to you by J.P. Roofing and Siding. We have a jam-packed show. General Patton, Fort McHenry, Mark Caballi, Blake Henson, and Jason Mackey. Necessarily in that order, I might add. What a day we have. Did you watch the game last night? I mean, it was it was fabulous. They, they It was their best all-around game of the season. They've now won at Duke, at NC State, and probably most impressively at all, because Duke was missing two starters that night. Most impressively of all, they went in and smacked Virginia, which was red hot. They were 10-3 and three in the conference, 19-5 and five overall. And Pitt was great. They were pretty balanced last night. They were tough. They have shot makers. Probably the best shooting team they've had in the 21st century. Maybe maybe there are some numbers that wouldn't back that up. But here's the thing. They have guys that can get their own shots at times. They're, I'm going to say this, and I'll say it out loud because I'm on the radio, Mr. P. This is the single most dangerous offensive team of the 21st century. You like that? That's saying a lot with the Juan Blair, LeVance Fields teams. They didn't have shooting, sadly. Some did. Ronald Ramon was a really good shooter, guys like that, but not like this, man. I think they have an NBA player in the future in Carrington. Uh, Hinson is unbelievable when he's on, and they have lots of other guys. They took 32 threes last night. 32! And they were 14 of 32. That's how you win tournament games. That's how you score upsets is you just start lighting it up from outside and this team can do it and they have guys that are tall enough, strong enough, tough enough, smart enough to get their own shot when they want it. And that's another thing those teams of old sometimes lacked. Did you see the game? I did. I think I had them going 23-10 and 10 overall. 
Yeah. And uh, you might be right on pace. A couple of weeks ago, that was really not looking plausible whatsoever. But I just like how much more talented they are this year. Last year's team, we know, was maybe not deeper, but they were more of a better collective team with a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that are now playing overseas. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was an older, more experienced team that knew how to play together. And it took this team a little while to really just be able to function. Bob Carrington had a triple-double in his first game of his career in college basketball. After that... The game kind of caught up to Last, him a I agree bit. with you. But Last year's team was better. This year's team is more dangerous. Crack one. For him and Lowe to just continue to explode for this team, I mean, it's been huge for their guards. Jason Mackey coming on later today. Pitchers and catchers report. Let's go. That's either a day of jubilation around Major League Baseball or a day of dread if you've been here for most of the last, I don't know how many years. But I'm kind of looking forward to this season. And Mackey reports today that there could be some pitching news. Edward Cabrera, maybe, is a candidate. He said the Pirates, not Cabrera, Mackey said the uh, Pirates are going to aggressively go after pitchers and that something could happen today. God bless me. Now Cabrera uh, strikes people out. Like, 118 strikeouts in less than 100 innings last year. Unfortunately, he's also wild, but he's a guy that you'd like to see them take a chance on. One of those guys that if you can sort of harness his potential, could be a two or a three for you. He could be. He's got that kind of talent. So he's talking about that. A couple of other people will be tracking that all day, and we'll be talking to Mackie after Shelty's first address of spring training. What do you have as a win total right now? City limits. Last year they won 76. I think it's got to be over that. I'm looking at about 80-81. Yeah, me too. If they get Cabrera and he becomes the type of guy who could be a solid middle of the rotation guy with the upside to potentially be a two, not a one, maybe even a three with Paul Skeens in June. And if some of the – O'Neal Cruz back probably wins you – three or four more games. Not having Andy Rodriguez and Johan Oviedo hurts, but if you continue to address and add more City pitching, limits, you're analyzing the entire roster. All I wanted was a win total. 80 right now. Thank you. I have 81. With the chance for more. <laughs> Thank you very much. With the chance for more. Do you like this guy, Pittsburgh? Do you find him talkative, too talkative, or just enough? He's a different man than Folsey. Folsey was a very kind-hearted man. Not that City Limits is not kind. He's incredibly kind, but there's more of an edge to him. Different strokes for different folks. How do you feel so far, City Limits? Do you think Pittsburgh's going to take to you? I hope so, but, you know, I just try to be myself and hope that people see that and it's reciprocated through just conversations and talking to people. Did you hear our, our segment, Text in the City, yesterday? I have the text line if we want to do it again. We might do that again to end every show, Text in the City. We used to do something that everybody hated called the, uh, what the hell was that called? Some sound off thing. Oh, the 540 free for all. Oh, I remember that. You do? No, I wasn't here for it, but I remember listening to it when it was on the air. So you were the one. Yeah, everybody hated that. that The one that, the only person that liked it? Yes. I I loved it. I thought it was great. We had uh, Ozzy, Lightning Ozzy, was that his name? Some crazy people calling in and just ranting. I thought it was fun. So text in the city, I think, can work. And I don't know why I'm talking about that. Can you crack another one? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Did I say 81? Yes, 81. 81. Um, Mitch Trubisky could be headed back to Buffalo. What will you remember most about the Mitch Trubisky era in Pittsburgh, Mr. P? Throwing the ball about 50 yards down the field and it getting intercepted or throwing it out of bounds and losing to the Cardinals. I think I'll remember the halftime blow up with Deontay Johnson, even though I didn't see it. Obviously, I wasn't in the locker room at halftime. That seemed to change the entire trajectory of Trubisky. Try saying that 10 times in a row. But it did. He was basically done then and was just so bad at times this year. And Tomlin waited too long. And you know the story from there. And I don't know. He seems like a nice guy, as Peter King said when he was on with us. But good luck to him if he goes back to Buffalo. I still think he's a functional backup. Could be a functional backup. In the right situation, and this was not the right offense for him, it wasn't the right offense for really any quarterback other than Rudolph the final four games. Man, that sounds good. You said you're more of a whiskey guy, yes? More of a rum guy, yeah. Rum. Yeah, Yeah. sorry, rum. And you drink it with Coke? Yes, just like Ron. And I told you the story of my horrible night drinking rum and jolts. I remember. I wasn't the type to have one either. One wouldn't have been problematic. Jolt was like a high-powered caffeine shot directly into your veins. And I had several. And the evening didn't end well, I can tell you that. Just a recipe for disaster. Um, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, everybody's favorite website. He was on a podcast yesterday, and it came up that Mike Tomlin is allegedly a big fan of Justin Fields, and Brad Spielberger said, here's the thing, by the way, about Pro Football Focus, that as much as all of you hate it, unless, of course, tomorrow they have an article defending a Steeler, then you love it. I get it. I do the same thing. I use pro football focus to augment my arguments, and then I rip them at the same time. Um, They are subscribed to by, I think, virtually every NFL team. So I think over the years, these people have come to know NFL people. They have NFL people have worked there. They have contacts there. Bobby Slovic. And is it Ben Johnson? Two of the hottest Play callers in football have ties there. I'm forgetting who else worked there, but Slovic was one who worked at Pro Football Focus. Right. So obviously, over the years, these people have major contacts in the NFL. So Spielberger says, and I quote, I can tell you also, some people in the Steelers' front office are fans of Justin Fields. How about them apples, Mr. P? It's kind of apparent. saying that. Everything this week, I keep saying, how about them apples? It's apparent if Adam Schefter's saying it, and I know some people like to shoot it down because of some of his credibility issues with mid-2000s reports with the Steelers, but if he's coming out and saying it, there's a high likelihood he's heard something that Tom won, yeah, likes Justin Fields. And there were reports dating back to the draft when Fields went 11th overall that Mike Tomlin liked him if he potentially fell. 
I mean, there's a lot to like. There's still major questions out there. And I know we've had the topic of you can usually tell with a quarterback around 25 games. That's the Bill Walsh line that Brian Billick relayed to us. But with this guy, he was in Chicago, for God's sakes. I mean, you pull him out of there. He finished ninth in the MVP voting two years ago. Ninth in MVP voting. He threw for, let's see here, 17 touchdowns, and he ran for like 1,300 yards. I mean, the closest Kenny Pickett will ever get to MVP voting is if he goes to the show. And you you brought up Brad Spielberger. He was on the morning show yesterday and said that Justin Fields is the best athlete in the NFL. And did mention Lamar Jackson is also in that conversation. He seems to be the type of player that Arthur Smith would love. That Tomlin, I think, would love. I mean, he spent the last how many years talking how much he loves about mobile quarterbacks. But, man, it would get complicated, wouldn't it? What do you do? What would you do if you bring in Justin Fields? Declare him the starter? Stage a phony competition like Tomlin did two years ago? Kenny Pickett goes to the wayside. That, that's pretty much what you're admitting if you go get Justin Fields, that you believe that he's going to be your future at quarterback right I know, that's the thing, and it—, it You hit on something there. The second that Tomlin said, the second he said, we want competition, you're admitting that you don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Because the last thing on earth you ever want is competition at the quarterback position. You want it to be so obvious that nobody would even think there could ever be competition. So as soon as you say that, and as soon as you say it's a huge year for Kenny Pickett, well, you're telling the world that you don't really believe in him. And I don't blame you, by the way. And if you had a chance to get Justin Fields, I, I don't know what what would happen to Pickett. What, what do you do with him? It would be a terrible situation for him. I guess you just make him the backup. You can, here's the thing, too, Mr. P. You can't have a legitimate competition in training camp. No, you can't. We're in OTAs. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, he looked great uh, on, in the seven-on-seven drill today. Just unbelievable. Like, you bring in Justin Fields... Half the reason is because he's, he's an incredibly dynamic runner who keeps plays alive. So what does a training camp competition where nobody can touch him or go near him have to do with that? Was it a competition when Mitch Trubisky was signed here and Kenny Pickett was drafted in the first no, round? No, it wasn't. Not at all. So how much of a, com- of a competition would this even be? You can't have one. That's the point. It's, it's going to be one of two things, I think. Either Pickett with a caretaker who's clearly the number two like Ryan Tannehill or in quotes, competition, which is to say somebody who comes in here and is the number one. Russell Wilson, Fields. Uh, Somebody mentioned Garoppolo today. I don't know about that. He might fit in the first category. But would I be a fan of this? Yes. Is it complicated by Fields' contract situation with that 50-year option hanging over everything? Yes, it would be very complicated. But look around the AFC. This is a disaster right now. And I'm not saying that, that that I wouldn't be curious to see Pickett with a real coordinator. I would. But it's an arms race. And 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 who said that a couple years ago? Oh, our friend Berkey. They're going to a, knife, uh, a gunfight with a knife here. That's what they're doing. If you're talking about just physical traits, what is Kenny Pickett's defining trait? Justin Fields is a big arm. He can run. He's mobile. Yes, turnovers are an issue, and Kenny Pickett does not turn the football over, but we still can't pinpoint one thing that Kenny Pickett specifically does well. And they always talk about, whether it be Tomlin, Rooney, intangibles. 
how much of those intangibles off the field yeah, are necessary s- when you go on the field and can't produce? I want to see tangibles. I agree with you in that. Next. Crack one, please. Thank you, Mr. P. I don't know if you saw the Edmonton Oilers last night, but Connor McDavid had six assists. <laughs> six of them. So I said a couple of weeks ago to Ron, you remember him, Ron Cook? I do. I miss him. Me too. I texted him on Super Bowl Sunday. Did you? I'm going to check in with him today again. He's a very nice man. And I miss having the back and forth in here. Again, that's no statement on you, Mr. P. I'm enjoying this thoroughly. But I said to Ron, there's no way McDavid can catch Kucherov. And now I look up and it's 13 points. He could get that tomorrow night. I mean, this this guy is, I think he's going to win the scoring title still. He's going to pull a Mario like Mario did at least once the year he caught up to LaFontaine. He had like 800 points to go, and it took him three weeks. You know, it's it's crazy when you're at that level what you can do. Next. Bengals going to franchise T. Higgins. I almost said, how about them apples? But I won't. So the Bengals are going to come back. They screwed up their defense this year <clears throat> with a couple of moves they made. But a healthy Joe Burrow with Higgins and Chase and whoever else, if they're not the favorites in the division, they're certainly going to be a heavy favorite for second and a wild card spot. And their offense is light years ahead of the Steelers because of their quarterback, right? And now you have his weapons coming back. Tyler Boyd might be out there. Would you be interested in him? I certainly would. I'd be very interested. Just see what he can do in the slot, create. The Steelers need a third wide receiver. Pat Fryermuth really did not become that. He can because apparently Arthur Smith loves tight ends, and he didn't properly utilize Kyle Pitts, but the tight end was used a lot in Tennessee. It would make sense for Tyler Boyd to come here. Now, would he want to after all he said about the Steelers in the past? Nah, that nobody cares about that, Mr. P. That's, forgotten? Uh, who cares? What did he say? The Steelers quit all the time? I don't care. I'd bring him in. By the way, Lewis Riddick, the latest in line. Justin Fields, an ideal fit in Pittsburgh. An ideal fit. I think a lot of people around the NFL feel that way. Next. Thank you, City Limits. I'm wondering about a couple of other guys who didn't get cut the other day and if they still will. And I believe next month would be the month they would. One is Larry Ogunjobi, who, if some of your draft picks had actually panned out, he would be a prime candidate to be cut because he's not living up to his contract. He's a one-play-a-game guy. But because you have failed, Benton being the obvious exception, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, you have to keep him, and I think they will. And I don't like that. I think that's a lot of money for him. We said it the day that he got signed. Too much money, not a good contract. Guy approaching 30. He's had his share of injuries. Seems to always be banged up even when he's playing. And seems to make about, well, one play a game. So I'm not sure about that. And then what about Patrick Peterson? What about him? Are these guys that at this stage in their careers that you win with? I don't know. I kind of liked Peterson as a safety. but he And I also love his presence. But, man, I'm just not sure as the years move on here if he's a guy that you win with. Next. 
Why, thank you, City Limits. Allen Robinson's another one. He survived the first round. Tim Lewis, the erstwhile, if that's the correct word, Steelers defensive coordinator from a long time ago, is now going to Boston College to be their coordinator under Bill O'Brien. Good for Tim Lewis. I love that guy. I think he's a very smart man. So best of luck to him at Boston College. And man, I remember his Kendrell Bell stories. I just told one the other day when Larry Foote came on and said that Kendrell Bell was by far the most explosive football player that he's ever seen. And Tim Lewis had told me years earlier about the famous play in training camp where Kendrell Bell went over the top as a rookie and lit up Jerome Bettis, which just didn't happen. Never happened and never would happen again because Bettis would never go into that drill again. Tim Lewis said Cower told him, Timmy, I can't just start Kendrell Bell this early in camp. You know, kind of have to make him earn it type thing. I, I can't just throw him in the starting lineup. Well, then the goal line drill happened. And as Lewis put it, Kendrell Bell turned Bettis ass backwards. Tim Lewis turns to Cower and says, Bill, did you see that? Cower shook his head yes and said, Timmy, put him in the lineup from now on. And what a great player he turned out to be for a very short period of time.